Good evening, Frank. <laughs> Chris, you weren't for that. No, <laughs> I wasn't either. I looked up. I'm like, oh. Good evening. I don't even know what the, I don't even know. Listen. Okay, so we try to make it all fun and exciting when we're introducing somebody on the show, and and um, I probably do a poor job of that, but I have to tell you, there's very few people that I know that are as inspirational as the gentleman we're about to hear from right now, and not only is he inspirational in my life and the life of anybody that I know that has met him, but here's a guy that's literally has the opportunity and the and the ability to change the world because of what he brings to the table and how he communicates with people to make them understand that they should not let their limitations stop them from achieving their dreams. And he is the perfect example of a guy who has no limitations. Welcome to Flashpoint, the Fire Inside podcast, featuring leadership and team building principles designed to ignite your inner fire and help you reach your full potential. On our program, you will learn from professional athletes, military and business experts, inspirational figures, leaders in the fire service, and other top achievers who have reached the pinnacle of success in their chosen fields. And now your host, international speaker and best-selling author, Frank Viscuso. Well, here we go. We are here with the inspirational Nick Santanastasso, who... Yes. I am very excited. We can call you Santo, right? Yes. I'm very excited because, uh, uh, you know, Nick, you and I are buddies. I mean, Absolutely. we've been friends, um, you know, for a while now. And I talked to you a little bit about what I wanted to do with this podcast. And the podcast, it's really, it's an inspirational podcast where we want to inspire people to, you know, move on and go after the things that they want, to overcome any obstacles they have in their way. You embody that. You are such a great example of, of what it is. Uh, to to pursue your dreams Thank and you. not well you're welcome but but and not let other people's opinions keep you down and uh, and define you and I love that about you but I want to I want to introduce our listeners to you because uh, some people I mean they may be familiar with you through Vine you had more than a million followers you were doing pranks zombie pranks yes. even prank Norman Reedus which we'll get into that yeah but and recently you ventured into bodybuilding but you were born with Hanhart syndrome. Is that what it was called? Yes. Explain to the listeners what that is. Okay, so Hanhart syndrome, which I was born with, super rare genetic disorder that either leaves the babies with undeveloped limbs or undeveloped organs. And in my case, I was the 12th baby in the world that ever had that syndrome. And um, basically, they gave me a 30% chance to live. They didn't know if my organs were 100% healthy. Um, You know, after birth, they did do tests on my organs, and they were 100% healthy, so... That's why we live in a state of gratitude each and every day. That's fantastic. And now you were born without legs. Yes. Uh, so I was born with no legs, one arm, and uh, my right arm um, above the elbow. So sh- a short right arm. Okay. And on your on your one arm, you have one, one finger. finger. Yes. And I want to explain this for the people that have yes. not seen Visualize, you. Visualize, yeah. So they know because when I say you're a bodybuilder and then people you know, hear um, what they would consider to be limitations... Yeah. They're not limitations for you. No. And this, I think, all started, um, I had the, the privilege of just meeting your father, you know, just a few minutes ago, but I've met your mom before. This all started, uh, you know, I think with your parents. Absolutely. When they tell you that they're, they don't want to adapt things for you. 
Yeah. What did they tell you early on? So from, you know, from the earliest of ages, when I could remember, my parents sat me down. And like I said, I, I always circle back and thank my parents for the way they raised me. And, um, you know, they sat me down and said, Nick, the world's, the world's not going to stop because you're born like this. And that's the bottom line. The world isn't going to stop. And um, you're going to have to figure out how to do things Nick's way. So, you know, each and every obstacle, each and every day, whatever it may be, you're going to have to figure out how to do it Nick's way because, like I said, the world the world's not going to stop just because you're born like this. And that was, that's was that been my mentality for the, my entire life ever since they engraved it into my head. Yeah. Well, that's incredible because, I mean, there's videos of you as a young kid skateboarding and doing a lot of things that uh, kids do. But was there a point where, like, you realized you were different than other kids? Yeah, so when I was... When I was real young, I didn't realize I was different. Um, I started to realize I was different when I got into middle school, when I got into high school, and I feel like those are the most judgmental times of your mm -hmm. life. And, um, you know, that's when I really realized I was different. I saw, you know, that the chair, I had a chair. Um, I had an aide in the classroom that pushed me around, you know, and that the kids were taller and I didn't have legs. I, it, finally, it finally caught on that I was different. So middle school and, you know, the beginning of high school was the time when I really realized that I kind of stood out a little bit. You realize that now. I mean, were you bullied? We talk a lot about bullying just in general. Yeah. Um, in um, this society, but were you bullied? I gotta say, I had the most amazing set of friends, you know, throughout my entire life, and I was never really bullied. You know, there were some just like you know points and stares and you know the usual, but I was I was never bullied, which is a good thing. I just had a great set of friends around me, and I feel like that was I had had some protection, a good support system. Yes, absolutely. Right? So. You get into high school, and at one point you make the decision you want to join the wrestling team. You don't just want to join the wrestling team. You want to be a varsity wrestler. Yeah, so at the time, I wasn't – I didn't have any confidence. And, you know, I, I, I hated my body. I hated the fact that I was born with no legs and one arm. I didn't want to go in public. I didn't want to, you know, look in the mirror. And I myself, I needed to find something that was going to instill confidence back in me and make me feel good about myself make me just, you know, want to wanna live again. Mm -hmm. And at the time, all my buddies were wrestlers for the high school. My older brother wrestled for the same high school. And it was something that I wanted to do. And just like everything in life, I either 110% effort or I don't do it at all. So I made the decision my sophomore year that I wanted to become a wrestler. And at the time, my right arm, the shorter arm, was a little bit longer than it is now, and the bone was growing faster than the skin. So it was very painful. I couldn't really do any like physical activities or touch anything with it. And uh, one day I came home and I said, Mom and Dad, I want to be a wrestler. And, you know, Nick, what about your arm? It's very dangerous. And I said, well, can, can we amputate it? Can we cut it off? And they kind of, you know, like froze up, didn't know what to say. And, I, you know, I was serious about it. It was something that I wanted to do. And that sophomore year, we went ahead and scheduled the amputation. The, the They lasered off the bone and basically did a skin graft and pulled a bunch of excess skin and made a padding for me. So... You know, it, it also, you know, bettered the quality of my life as well when I did that. Really? I mean, that's a commitment right there just to say, I want to amputate this. Yes. But that's how driven you were, I guess, right? I mean, was it the goal of, of was it the goal of wrestling or was it I want to get rid of this pain or was it a combination of the two? It was a, it was a combination of the two. Like I said, I needed to find something that, you know, would make, want to be a part of something, make me feel good. Yeah. Um, but I also, you know, like I said, I was in pain with my arm, so it was the best move I could have made. I, I couldn't do bodybuilding, you know, now if I didn't do that, that pro you know, that amputation, I would still be in pain. So I think it was a, mm -hmm. an amazing move, you know, over, overall. 
so now take me through it. You start wrestling. And how old are you, junior? When you start? Yeah, I'm a junior. You're but junior. real quick, just to just to drop some some fire real quick, you know, I want to bring it back and, and show people a little bit of perspective. The only, you know, the only challenge that I that even entered into my mind was the fact that my arm hurt. It wasn't the fact that I had no legs in one arm because I knew that I was I knew and I was confident that my hard work and dedication would make up for my lack of limbs. Mm. And that's the bottom line. That's the only thing that went through my head. So, you know, I just like to show people that, you know, limits are the only thing that, you know, you put up here in the mind. And and the only thing that I, I saw stopping me from wrestling was the fact that my arm hurt. And that was pretty serious. I didn't I didn't see the the no legs, right. one arm thing as as, you know, an obstacle. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, how did you learn to wrestle? I mean, you had friend. I mean, wrestling's a tough sport, and a lot of yes. kids wrestle from the age of six, seven on, and you're picking it up junior year in high school. Yeah, I knew. I knew. I knew nothing about it. Um, but I, I told my, I told my buddies. I said, please, you know, do not, do not go light on me. You know, beat me up this whole year. I need to learn what I need to learn um, to become a, a better wrestler. And so, basically, just like everything in life, I learned through trial and error what works for me, what I'm able to do, how I can take advantage of some things, or, you know, like I said, just figuring out what works for me and what will, you know, improve me and make me become a better wrestler. So maybe I could be varsity one day. And so you're working towards it. And I had heard you once say that your initial goal was to just not get pinned. Because yes. when you get pinned, you're giving up six points to the other team. Yes. So, and yeah, I, I knew if I wanted to become a varsity wrestler that I, I – I had to work on not getting pinned, not giving up the full six points. So I worked on my back bridge, my neck bridge. Mm -hmm. So I would basically, you know, go in the room and when we were doing practice, I would sit in the corner and, and hit a neck bridge for as long as I could and strengthen my neck because I knew if they couldn't hit my head down, you know, that I could stay stable and everything. And that was just one of the small things I knew I had to do to become a better wrestler. So yeah, neck bridges. <laughs> and what was it like your first match? Do you my, remember it? Yeah, my first match, it was it was a JV match, and I was just happy to be on the mat. To be honest, you know, being being a part of a team and and actually being a sport and like I'm an athlete, you know, I feel like I was always low key drawn to athletes and people who are in shape, and I was like, I wonder if I could ever be an athlete, you know, as a kid. So I think I I was just enjoying the moment that I was a wrestler and I was a part of the team and right. I was out there on the mat wrestling, but it. It was a, it was crazy. I just, I don't know. There's just a lot of emotions going on, and I was just, like I said, bottom line is I was excited to be on the mat, on a sport, being an athlete. And you've won a couple of matches too. Yes. What was that like? So my J, my JV year, they gave me a varsity forfeit for my varsity jacket, which I never even got because I didn't earn it. I didn't, I didn't want it. Mm -hmm. So, I, my first. When I pinned a kid in a JV fight night, like a tournament, I pinned him in a cradle. And uh, basically, like, I, I wrapped my left arm around his knee, like, brought his knee to his head. and Kind of used the mat. Yes. And yeah. then used his head and, and, and basically, like, my butt. I pinched it together and, and locked up the cradle and pinned that kid that way. And, um, you know, at first, I remember at first I was very, I was, I was upset. I'm like, he let me win. He let me win. Like, well, like. And I, and I thought the kid let me win, but I really beat him. It's, that's just the competitive part of me, you right. know, the competitive, uh, you know, person in me. Yeah, you don't want to give me. You want to yeah. earn it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You want to earn it. And I, I appreciate that. Uh, you've also played drums for yes. a little bit. Yes. So 
everything, you know, when I was a kid, my parents would just throw me into things and say, you know, try it or figure it out. Yeah. Just like the skateboard, like put me on my belly and I started skateboarding that way. Or, you know, my mom would put me in a high chair and put food there and say, you know, Nick, figure it out. And uh, that's that's how my life was, you know, all the time. So when I was in first grade, I had the music teacher come up to me and say, hey, you know, the, the school's able to fund an electric drum set. Maybe we could figure out a way where you could play the drums. And I'm like, I'm in. Immediately, you know, I, I, I try everything because like, why not? Why not? So we figured out a way we would ace bandage the sticks to my to my limbs, my left arm and my right arm. And I would sit on the, the pedals. I would sit on the hi-hat pedal and the bass pedal because they were electric. They could be wireless. Mm -hmm. So I would sit there and with my left thigh, I'd play the hi-hat. And with the right with the right thigh, I would uh, play the bass. That's awesome. <laughs> that sounds like it was uh, interesting. But see, what I like is, and I don't know if it's around the same time or not. But I like this transition now where you went into into pranking people. Yes. Because this to me is where your story gets extremely interesting because it's this and then what happens after. But yes. you start pranking people um, and on social media, you develop this huge following. On Vine, you had more than 1 million followers. So, I mean, you're, you're an internet celebrity. Yeah. And you have more than a million followers and and. People who are listening to this, they may at this point go, oh, I know this guy. Yeah. Because you were uh, dressing as a zombie. Yes. And you're going into places like supermarkets and other places, and you're coming around the corner real quick, scaring the crap out of people. <laughs> and uh, and I'm sure, you know, you've probably done a lot of pranks I have not seen. I've seen I've, so many of them, though. Yes. And they just start going viral. Tell me about that. How did that start? Did you sit down with your friends and say, hey, let's do this? Or did it just happen by accident? So... You know, along with wrestling, you know, I, I did the wrestling to make me feel good, you know, to gain right. gain confidence and, you know, make me feel good about myself. And, and wrestling gave me enough confidence to put myself on a social media platform like that. Hmm. Because in social media, you know, there's there's a lot of positive, but there's a lot of negative no you know, comments. And I wanted to figure out a way where I can not only, you know, inspire and motivate people, but to make them laugh. Because I, I like making people happy. I like making people laugh. And, you know, I, I was thinking... There's a way for me to just be goofy online, and if you know a kid or adult can see that and be like, "Wow, like look how happy Nick is," you know, and just change, you know, just change their perspective a little bit or make them feel a little bit better about themselves or more comfortable in their skin, then I was winning. So I sat down. I was like, you know, if we post something that has never been done before, never been seen before, like it's got to go viral, mm -hmm. and and if it's good, so. There wasn't, uh, I don't recall any legless guys dressing as zombies going through, um, you know, Walmart scaring people. So I was like, hey, like, let's let's try to dress up as a zombie and, um, you know, scare people. And I remember I was I was a, a senior. I was a senior in high school and I, I made my first video and I posted it around like seven, eight o'clock at night. And I said, you know, I hope 500 people see this. You know, I hope I hope I, at least I get to see, you know, 500 people get to see this video and um I woke up the next morning, had over 80,000 likes, over 80,000 re wow. revines, and it went internationally viral. I mean, like, you know, Africa, you like, you name it, NJ Teen turns disability into a positive. Mm. And here I am like, wow, I did it again. You know, I found my purpose in wrestling, um, how I impact people and, and how I can, you know, just get people to get out of their comfort zone by seeing me do these things. And um, I did it again with the the pranking. Well, this this is an interesting thing, too, because you said there was 12 people? That had yes at this, the time yes, and you didn't have. I mean, you couldn't contact these other people. Uh, yeah, I didn't know. I right. Don't. So here you are in a situation with social media where you have become 
an inspiration for a lot of people that were born, um, you know, with similar circumstances yes. that you were born with. And, uh, and it started with that. Uh, I do want to, before I transition to where this has brought you, is talk a little bit about how, you know, you've had a lot of celebrities that were following you and people that knew who you were doing, one of which being Norman Reedus yes. from The Walking Dead. And, uh, and you met him. Tell the listeners how you actually met him and what happened there. So in under a year, I gained uh, a million fans on Vine. And, uh, you know, I was kind of labeled as like the zombie, the zombie king, the prankster. You know, mm -hmm. I, I was doing it. And I got, I got contacted by Fox International. To They said, hey, we want to pull a prank on Norman Reedus. You're the guy. Like, if you want to do it, we'd love to, we'd love to do it. They're going to be doing a press conference all around the world. And they're stopping in Tokyo, Japan. If you want to fly out, we'll fly you out, you know, and basically hire you to do this prank. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, I, you know, I had the opportunity to fly my parents out to Tokyo, Japan to do this prank. And it was cool because they were saying, you know, you have to stay hidden because if Norman sees you, he already knows who you are. Mm. And I was like, wow. You know, and it kind of just put things in perspective to see how big I really got on Vine and how many people knew, knew who I was and knew who you know, knew what I was doing. So that, that's how that, you know, came about. And so you're, you're in where he's doing an interview. You're kind of in a, the room yes. underneath what? So, so we, we, we did the makeup. It was like four hours of makeup with Greg Nicotero. So we were in like, you know, zombie form, like professional zombie form. And they brought Norman into a room and said that they were doing interview for Japanese television. And, so there was nothing in the room, just Norman and the camera guy. And then they said, you know, the camera's not working. we got to switch the batteries out. We'll be right back. And they pushed me in in a trolley. I was under a trolley and they okay. had snacks for him. And they put it like right next to him. And, you know, here I am like, oh, my God, like behind this curtain is Norman Reedus. Like he's right there. I could see his shadow and I'm like just freaking out. And I had an earpiece in. They had, you know, they had a control room where they had cameras everywhere. You know, like it was... It was crazy. And you have Andrew Lincoln, right? Yes, in my ear. In had your ear. Yeah, I have Andrew Lincoln, um, Rick, right? Rick Grimes Rick, on the yep. show. And I had him in my ear, and he's like, he's like, I'll, t I'll, I'll tell you, you know, our our line is go, Nick, go. So when you hear <laughs> that, jump out. And I, I was like, okay, so here I am. I'm super scared, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, what happens if I can't get my zombie screech out, you know? And um, they left, and the room was quiet. And then in my ear, I hear, go, Nick, go. And I'm like, so I jump out and I do my little thing and he got scared, which I was super surprised because this guy's around zombies all the time. You know, he's like literally like filming with like, you know, zombies chasing him all day. So good. yeah, good I, point. Yeah. I got a reaction out of him. He called me a jerk and he's like, I already, you know, I love you, man. I already knew who you were. He's like, yeah. and that, that's so cool to me. Well, I know he sends stuff out that you've done even recently with bodybuilding. Oh yes. He's, yes. He sent stuff out that you've done. So I know he follows you. Yes. Which must be a pretty cool thing. Yeah. And uh, I know there's other celebrities who follow you. We'll get into some of them in a minute. But um, so this prank is pretty good. It goes viral just like every other prank that you've done <laughs> afterwards. Well, you spent time when you were out there in Japan, though. Yes. Right? You went and you did a little We hung sights. out afterwards, yeah. Your tattoos, they look like, I mean, they have a Japanese it's Japanese theme. culture or theme yep. to it. Yeah. Is that Did that happen after you came back? Yeah. So, you know, being in Japan, um, Tokyo huge city right okay. you know yeah thousands and thousands of people and the one thing that i notice is you know with their culture they're so respectful and you know from little things like if you dropped your wallet on the street like it would either be there or be in the lost and found and it mm. would never be touched um you know the cops don't carry guns 
Like people don't shoplift. I'm told that little kids they'll they'll go on trains by themselves because everybody yeah. kind of looks after them. Yes, even when they're alone. Yes, yeah. I mean, so it's amazing. But the one thing that I notice is, you know, from living in America and going to Japan and going into Tokyo, that I was like, with all these people, you know, it's basically like a a New York, you know, huge city. And not one person ever stared at me. Not one person ever, you know, tapped really? on his buddy and I was like, look at that or, you know, nothing. You know, it, it was just, it was crazy. It was, it was mind blowing. See, how I would respectful. even think they would stare at you just because you're American and maybe look a yeah. little different. And I don't nothing. mean that. It's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just, but then, you know, the fact that I guess you're, because you travel sometimes in a wheelchair. Were you in yes. a wheelchair when yes. you were going around? Yes. Okay. Um, I've very rarely do I even see you in a wheelchair. I see you yeah. moving around a lot without it. But when you're moving there, nobody looks at you. Did people stare at you here in America? Always. Um, yeah. yeah, every day, you know. Um, and I, I take notice. I mean, my friends look out for me, but it, you know, I, I've been doing it my whole life. I've been seeing it my whole life. So, you know, little things, they don't really bother me anymore. But, you know, I will go in public and people, like, if they're with a group, they'll tap on someone's shoulder and be like, look at that. Or, you know, whatever it may be. It, it, it happens a lot here. But it's just something that I kind of yeah. just, you know brush off it don't really bother me raising children you know i have three boys and two of them as you know are very young and, yes and raising children i find it to be challenging because there's so many things you want to teach a child but you wait for opportunities for some of them to happen the day i met you you were on the beach you were with uh, some family members some friends of mine yes. and we were going to meet them i've never heard about you i've never known about you so when i was walking up towards you I saw you from a distance and I thought, oh no, I never really talked to my kids about if somebody looks a little different than yeah. them and and not the stare. And so I actually just knelt down and I said, and I've told you this before, so yeah, I hope yeah, you don't yeah. mind. No, no, issue. you're good. I've said to my children, I said, listen, there's a, a boy up here that looks a little different than you and I do. And, and I just mentioned he doesn't have legs. And, uh, and I remember Nicholas saying, uh, you know, where are they? Yeah. And I didn't, you know, yeah. I, I didn't need to get into that, yeah, with yeah. Them, but I said- well, he just doesn't have any, I said, but I just don't want you to stare because he's just like you and me. Yeah. 20 minutes later, you're running around with them. You're playing wiffle ball with them. You're digging for sand crabs with them. And since then, you have become one of the most beloved members <laughs> of our family because when you come over, everybody gets excited that Nick is coming over. And, I, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for you because it's it's you know you've helped make my job easy as a parent because now when they see somebody that does look a little bit different than than us or and I mean in any way yeah in any aspect they don't look at it like it's an unusual thing anymore yeah you know and that was a a key moment I shared that story because I think you know this but when I speak um, and I give a step up and lead seminar there's a section where I talk about some people that I find really inspirational you're one of them. And I don't always tell the story of how we met. I just talk about what you're doing with your life. But yeah. I told the story one time of, that I just shared of how we met and what I said to my kids. Well, a guy came up to me during a break and he says, I want to thank you for that story because my daughter has two prosthetic legs. Wow. And she was born that way. And I want her to go online and research Nick so she could watch some of his videos because I think that's going to help her because she is at that age where you were when she started realizing she's different. Yeah. And I think that's one of the awesome things about the gift that you can give people. It's not just that. It goes well, well beyond that. It goes to a point where you don't accept any limitations because 
I think it was less than a year ago, you made a decision you're going to be a bodybuilder. Yeah. <laughs> Tell everybody about that. Because when I, you first shared with me that you want to be a bodybuilder, I thought, man, this is great. Uh, it's awesome. But I did not understand how you were going to work out. How yeah. did you start working out? So, you know, do you want me to talk about the announcement of how I did it or just, just training-wise? Well, you know what? Let, let's start with the announcement because okay. let's go back to Vine for a minute. Yeah. You have a, more than a million yeah. followers on Vine and then Vine disappears. So, yeah. So, like I said, you know, I had I had all these people following me for my pranks. Yeah. And, you know, I I kind of got a glimpse of my my potential and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm much more, I could be much more than just a prankster. Right. And, you know, I made an announcement and I told everyone, I said, you know, some of you are going to support me, some of you are not. I respect, you know, all of you. I said, I'm going to become a, a fitness model. I'm going to become a bodybuilder. I'm going to become a keynote speaker. and I'm going to break into the mainstream modeling industry. You just put it all out there. Put it all out there. Okay. And I said, I don't know how fast, how fast it's going to happen, but it will. And um, this is what I'm going to do. Like I said, if you want to support me, you support me. If you don't, you don't. And how I got into lifting is my my best friend, Josh Foca, we wrestled together and he was, you know, he's always been a big dude in the gym and he kind of took me under his wing and it was just going into the gym and, and trial and error, just like, just like my life, you know, figuring out what works for me. And still to this day, like with who I train with now, we're always adapting things and my training's getting better every single day, the way mm -hmm. I can contract things and the I way- I see your videos, yeah. it's amazing. Thank you, yeah, so, you know, I didn't even know, I didn't even know much. I wasn't even lifting right, you know, when I started, but but I always kept that vision in my head of what I wanted to look like. And that's so important because, you know, you always have to, you know, do a self-reflect and ask why, you know, why are you doing what you're doing right now? Mm. And always keep that vision in mind. And I knew, like I said, just with the wrestling, this is what I'm writing my book about is how I, how I implemented confidence into all these industries and all these areas of my life to, you know, better myself and to become successful. Right. So I, like I said, with fitness, I was confident in my ability that I would learn the knowledge I needed to learn about nutrition and training to get my body to where it needed to be so people knew I wasn't, I wasn't you know, playing around. And now you, you do some, uh, some awesome things because lifting's about, I guess, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but uh, symmetrical yes. work. I mean, when I'm bench Building pressing, your, yeah. I, I can't just bench with one arm. Yeah. You put the weights around your finger and you have someone else apply pressure yes. on your shoulder just to try to uh, find that right balance. Yes. Right. And you and you do similar things when you're doing, um, you know, pull ups or, or, or flies, your back, yeah, everything. flies, everything. Your videos. Listen, I, people need to understand this. That I think that if they're not following you on Instagram, because that's probably the number one yes. social media outlet you're using. Now, um, if they're not following you on Instagram, they should follow you. You know, they'll see your name when we put this episode out. But Nick Santonastaso. Yes. And. Um, and um, I think that it's inspirational watching what you're doing, but it's also inspirational whether or not they want to be a bodybuilder or work out or not, just because you're just overcoming so much uh, where other people would consider it a limitation, right? Is that fair to say? Yes. Um, you do a lot of things that, that I guess a lot of people take for granted. Um, driving a car, you have your own car. Yes. Uh, you know, cooking, you tell, told a great story once about cooking a... Um, Grilled cheese sandwich Grilled cheese. for the first time. <laughs> yeah. And wishing you made two. Yep. It took me so long to make the one. Yeah. That by the time I ate it, I was like, man, I should have made two. Okay. So here you are. Now you're working out. You sign up to take a, uh, to enter a bodybuilding contest, which you just completed. Yes. Last time we spoke in person, you told me that you had signed up for it. Uh, you're living out in Tampa. You're training. Tell me about it. <laughs> um, 
I'm loving life. Um, you know, I promised, I promised everyone, you know, the year of the year, the first year I got into fitness, I was posting these videos and people weren't really, you know, taking me serious, which I kind of wouldn't too. I didn't really know what I was doing, but like I said, my, my knowledge in all the areas got to where it needed to be to, you know, train, train more efficient and get my body, you know, better. My physique started getting better. And I finally, I got to the point, you know, where I, I landed some gigs. I worked with Reebok. Um, and I promised everyone, not only myself, my, but my family and my supporters that I will get on the competitive bodybuilding stage before the year ends. Mm. And, and to sh show people, you know, there are going to be some, there, most of the time there are going to be things in life where you're just not ready to do. Well, you don't think you're ready. You'll never be ready. You just have to take the leap. Right. So it was just to show people that, you know, I knew, I knew my symmetry wasn't perfect. You, you know, I'm always working to get a better physique. I knew that my, you know, I, I would have rather step on stage a little bit later, but I'm, I'm super happy with what the package I brought, yeah. but it was, so I, I signed up for the bodybuilding competition and, you know, I went on, I moved to Tampa and then ever since I moved to Tampa, I, I was on prep for this competition. So with my diet and with my training, so I went on about 11 to 12 week prep and, um, with men's physique, they judge you from your waist up, you know, symmetry wise, you know, best physique, you know, best abs, just everything's proportionate. You look great. Basically, you know, like a perfect physique. Mm -hmm. And I took third in men's physique novice. So I, I, I beat other people, which kind of was like a switch for me because with competitive bodybuilding genetics, you know, ha has a lot to do with it. You know, whether your frame is good enough to, uh. you know, compete and that was a switch when I when I when I beat another person. I was like, okay, I could do this. This yeah, is no something. Doubt. This is something that I could do. So yeah, I I did eleven week prep, um, and I came out one of the mo the most probably the most conditioned athlete in my in my class. I just need a little more size. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so this is a a pretty great moment for you. I mean, you you take a trophy. Your parents are there. Yes. You're proven again that you can do something that other people. Uh, told you maybe I don't know if they even told you you can't but that maybe yeah uh, people may have uh, doubted whether or not you can do it you have to understand that the people we have on this podcast Frankie Edgar um, you know a colonel in the army we've had the um, head coach for Rutgers all, all these guys were told by other people they couldn't do things yes so this is not an unusual thing this is I think what's um, special about having you on the show is because there's people listening right now that are doubting themselves and I just want them to know you don't, you know, you don't have to have it all figured out. Sometimes you just need to take that first step, which leads to the second step. And I heard some, I think it was Brian Tracy who may have said, and I'm sorry that I don't know for sure if it was, but I believe it was him that said, um, every day do four or five things that can help you get to your goal, that can help you accomplish your yes. goal. Just take action in that direction because, it, you know, and he didn't say this, but you throw enough mud against the wall, some of it's going to stick. Yeah. You know, eventually something's going to happen. Well, now with bodybuilding and with the things that you're doing, um, you're writing a book, you're doing a lot of public speaking. This is a big reason why I wanted to have you on too, because I want people to know, hey, if they're looking to bring in a speaker, you're a great guy to bring in because you tell your story, you inspire people, you're an athlete, you've overcome a lot, but at the same time, you have people bringing you in to speak to them. That's a pretty remarkable client list, if you will. Thank you. I mean, you, you're going to speak to Tony Robbins people. Yeah, so Unleash the Power Within. I'm in West Palm Beach, I think November 18th. I'm speaking to Tony's team. 
You're speaking so to Tony. So the 600 yeah. team members that I'll be able to, you know, preach my story and and um, let them know what I'm about. So I think that's that's going to be a great time. I can't wait. West Palm Beach, you have Cabo coming up and some other places yes, as well. Yes, Cabo, L.A., you. And and you speak to you speak to you'll speak to athletes you'll yes. speak to business people you and I have had a great opportunity to speak at a real estate convention yes. together uh, you'll speak to um, other kids, kids that maybe churches, were born yeah. yeah I like I said you know I I I've been grateful enough to be able to relate to a lot of people you know not just a certain certain section of people so mm-hmm. you know kids adults you know athletes whatever it may be sales teams you know I just I always, you know, through my story, I can relate in a lot of ways to other people. Right. So, like I said, I'm grateful to be able to, you know, be able to talk to different different groups of people, not just one. What's your What's your main message from your mouth? I want people to hear. What's your message that you want people to leave with? What do you want them to feel or think when they leave after hearing Nick speak? The The bottom line is, you know, you can you can listen to these motivational videos. You can listen to these speakers, you can do whatever you want to do, you know, you can listen to whatever you want to listen, but the only person that's going to make a change within yourself, the only person that is going to, you know, help you reach your goal and and get you closer to your vision each and every day is yourself. And, you know, it all starts with believing in yourself and believing in your ability to, you know, obtain that vision. And, you know, people don't understand that, like, if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't believe in your ability to, you know, reach your goal or, you know, do whatever you need to do, no one else is going to believe in you. And the other thing they need to realize is the only person that needs to believe in you is you. You know, who cares about everyone else? You know, where would I be? Where would you be? You know, where would my parents be if they listened to all the all the limitations the doctors gave them? You know, where where would we be if we listened to all these naysayers, all these people that just, you know, don't don't think like us, don't operate like us? So... At the end of the day, you know, motivation is motivation, but implementing things into your life and actually taking action is 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 all comes down to you. Yeah, because you know? motivation that'll wear off. You already have it. Yeah, you 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 all of you listening to this podcast right now, you already are motivated because you're like you want to listen to this. You know, you already mm-hmm. have that fire in your belly. You know, the like I said, but the only person that is going to make a drastic change in your life, whatever it's physically, emotionally, financially, spiritually, is you. And no one else is going to do that for you. That's awesome. What's the best advice anyone's ever given you? The best advice someone has given to me is, you know, like I said, there are no limits. You know, the the only limits you have are the ones you put in your, put in your head. And like I said, what I just said, you know, I kind of take a lot of my own advice. And sometimes, you know, I do speeches and I, I'm like, wow, like, listen to yourself. Like, you just said that, like. You know, I don't think that's unusual. I do the same yeah. thing. There's sometimes, I, sometimes when I'm giving a, a more motivational talk, yeah, and I'm talking to the audience. Sometimes I'm sending them the message that I need to hear at that Absolutely. moment too. You ever do that? Absolutely. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, coming down to it, all starts believing in yourself. You know, nothing is nothing is going to happen for you if if you don't truly believe in it, mm-hmm. and that you know. We all have, uh, you know, I don't have any superpowers. I wish I did because we'd be marketing that too. But mm-hmm. I don't have any superpowers. You know, everyone is has the ability to do great things. It just, it all comes down to doing the work and, and taking action. How do you overcome adversities in your life? Like if, if you get uh, depressed or down on yourself about something, if you fail to reach a goal, 
What are some of the things you do to bounce back up? Is it just why? Your why? Your why? Your why? The golden circle. Um, you know what makes you happy? What makes you feel fulfilled? And and you basically just you got to start from the problem, and 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 figure out you know what makes me feel good. What makes what makes me you know when I when I rest my head at night I can be like wow man like I, I I had a great day like I did this like what makes you feel good, and go from there because. You know, that how important is that to doing what you love? There's You're, so many people. There's so many people that, you know, there's a, the majority of people are, are living lives that they don't want to live, you know, that they're unhappy with, whether it's the job or whatever they're doing. And, you know, the the bottom line is it, this is your life. You have one life. So do what you love. And, and when you do what you love and, and you learn so much about it and you basically sculpt your craft, like the, the success will come with it. You'll be able to you'll be able to do what you love for the rest of your life. It's just so many people are just scared to do what they love. Yeah, they're, maybe they're scared. Maybe they become trapped or just, yeah. they're, you know, complacent. I'm, I'm not sure what it is. I do agree with you on that. You talked about when you put your head on the pillow at night. What about when you wake up? What's one of the first things you do? Because I got to tell you, you're one of the most positive people I know. Anytime that I call you or interact with you on social media, I feel better about myself. And I think that's <laughs> a great you. quality. You're welcome. It's a great quality in a person. When you feel better about yourself when you're around somebody, that's special. Yeah. What do you do when you wake up in the morning? Do you have any ritual or anything you do? Habits? Grateful. Um, you wake up, five things you're grateful for, whether it's in your mind or whether you write it down. And if you write it down, you'll notice that it changes over time. So it's cool to write it down. But it is it, it's emotionally impossible to be upset and grateful at the same time. So, you know, when I wake up, you know, the first thing I think is, I got another day. You know, wow, like I'm alive. Mm -hmm. I can feel, I can touch, you know, I can smell. I'm in a bed. I have sheets over me. I'm in my own place. Like when, and when you, you know, we all have problems in our life, right? We all have problems and they hurt in our, in our own unique way. I'm not taking that away from you. But when you, when you really see what you're grateful for, it, it puts your perspectives. I mean, it puts your problems in the greater scheme of things are so minuscule. Our, our problems, the things in our daily life that we think are problems aren't really problems. You know, our problems yeah. aren't really problems in the greater schemes of things. And like I said, it's, it's emotionally impossible to be grateful and upset at the same time. So if you start your day off, you know, feeling grateful, you're just going to roll with the W's. You're just going to, it's going to, that's, that's momentum. You know, years ago, many years ago, I was, uh, you know, worrying about things that maybe, uh, I was exaggerating and I'm talking to my brother about it. And he says, you know what? I have a book for you that I think will help. He gives me how to stop worrying and start living by Dale Carnegie. He says, don't even worry about reading the whole book. Just read the first chapter. Yeah. The first chapter is live in day tight compartments. And what he basically is explains in the book. And this is many years later that I'm explaining this. So I'll, I'll get some of it wrong, but yeah, he's yeah. explaining that. Look, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about yesterday. You have today. Yep. So live today. This is your day tight compartment. Live today and understand that most of the things we worry about that we fear that will happen, most of them never really happen. Yeah. So we could spend our entire day worrying about something that may never happen or we could just live today. And, and that made a big impression on me. And it started making me to realize, uh, you know, maybe not just live in day tight compartments, but live in the moment. You know, Absolutely. live in a moment too. And yeah, I mean, and that's why I said, you know, living in a state of gratitude is, is key because 
like I said, on the on the grand scheme of things, the things that we worry about on a daily day basis, you know, these aren't, these aren't problems. These are not problems. So social media, you have a lot of followers. With a lot of followers comes uh, some critics. Yeah. So you have, I'm sure, and by the way, I, I should actually say this, that you're one of those people. We had Frankie Edgar on the podcast. He doesn't have a tremendous amount of people saying negative things about him. For the average person, it would be a tremendous amount of yeah, people. Yeah. But for a, a guy as successful as he is, he has a lot of support on social media. You have more support than any other celebrity that I know on social media. I mean, people lick, thank you so much. You inspire me so much. And I see that a lot. Every now and then I see a negative comment. But you seem to handle it pretty well. How do you deal with critics? How do you deal with critics? And I mean, you, you in particular. How, okay, yeah, okay. So how do, how do I deal with critics is, uh, thanks, you know, thank you. Um, everything everything that people say, you know, I, I, I start to think of why they said it and, and kind of see where they're coming from. You know, perspective is everything, I feel like. And for the most part, you know, not I don't really delegate any energy to anything negative anymore. And that's mm -hmm. how I deal with critics. You know, if something isn't, you know, making me feel good or it doesn't have a positive vibe with it, I cut it. Or I, or I don't even I don't even show it any energy. It's not even worth it because, you know, lions lions don't lose lose sleep over opinions of sheep, and that's the bottom mm -hmm. line. So just not delegating any energy to anything that doesn't benefit me in a positive manner. I like something you just said. When you said, well, I listen to them and try to see where they're coming from, but I don't lose sleep over it and I don't let Just, it. Yeah. But I like that you actually, because I've said this for a while, when I have a critic, because being an author, yeah, I, I have critics and I have people that post really nice things and every now and then you get something that's not so nice, but I'll read it and I'll try to say, you know, is what they're saying, is there any value to it? I won't let it change the direction that I'm going in with my life though. Yeah. I won't let it slow me down. I know you're the same way. Absolutely. But I like the fact that you just said that. Yeah, I'm going to try to absorb it. And that and that's been that's been a fairly new mindset for me, you know. I I feel like I've grown a lot hmm. in in a year just of, you know, me moving moving from Jersey to Tampa and living on my own and basically just you know, analyzing people and why why they feel that way. Why they said that, you know, what are they going through, you know? Just just like I said, perspective is everything and when you have perspective, you know, you don't really let anything bother you, yeah. and that's how I look at it. And I, like I said, I don't, I don't delegate any energy to anything that's negative. It's, it's really not worth it. You're an empathetic person. I think empathy is is the ability to see things through another person's perspective. So maybe that's all part of that too. And and I can appreciate that about you. Now, I want to just share one last story before we tell people how they can get a hold of you. Okay. So I'm looking at your Instagram one day. And I see a picture of you with the rock. Yeah. The man. And I, and the goat. I, and I, yeah, the goat. And I say <laughs> to my wife, I said, Laura, you're not going to believe this. And I show her the picture of you with the rock. And she's like, get out of here. <laughs> I said, I need to know what happened. Tell me what happened. So I was out in Vegas. This is a, cra this is a crazy story. I was out in Vegas for Mr. Olympia, um, you know, the expo. And it was a Saturday. And it was the last day of the expo. And I didn't go. I don't know. I just, I just was hanging around. I just, I was like, eh, I'm not going to go to the expo. And we were, you know, hanging around and I said, you, you guys want to go just mess around in the gym? Like, let's go get a quick lift in. I had a couple of buddies that I was staying with and we went to one of the, the more well-known gyms that were, you know, everyone films at, everyone goes. 
And I go in there and my buddy immediately comes up to me. He's like, hey, he's like, you know, it's, it's real low key. Like no one really knows, but the rock's up there lifting. And I laughed and I was like, I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, he, he's up there, man. I was like, are we, are we, am I still allowed to lift? You know, I'm trying to get my lift in. I was still on, I was on prep for my competition. So you were more concerned was, with oh, that, yeah. even though but, you're a big fan. Yeah. So I was, I was on prep for my competition and I was, I was with about four, four other people and, um, I was going up the steps and there was three security guards to the right of the steps and the rock was doing dips behind them in a hoodie, you know, very like, mm -hmm. you know, just covered up. And I was like, Oh my God, that really is the rock. And, uh, I, t I told, I told my buddies, I said, listen, I said, not only does this guy already know who I am, I said, but we don't need to go up to him. I said, he'll, if he's the way, if he's the way he presents himself, he'll come up to me. You know, we won't need to bother this guy. Like, I don't want to bother him. Um, and you know? say that because he's tweeted stuff out about you before. Yes. I've seen him do yes. that. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, we don't, we don't need to be, you know, all up on this guy's stuff. And so we didn't. And we went, you know, me, I was in prep. I took my shirt off. I started my lift and he was all over, you know, doing different workouts. And at one point, he, you know, he was right next to me, like doing bicep curls, right? Like, you know, just staring in the mirror. And, you know, I, I didn't acknowledge him at all. You know, I wasn't staring at him. I wasn't doing anything. I was motivating my buddies. We were lifting. And then he, he went over into a corner and he took his headphones off and people were like, oh, and they ran over to him. And, you know, he, he started taking pictures with people. And um, my buddy was like, yo, I'll just go up there, like, just see what's going on. And I was like, yeah, go ahead, whatever. And um, he came back. He's like, yeah, the, he's like, he already wants to talk to you. He's like, the security guard, like, they're going to escort you. He wants to talk to you personally. And I was like, I told you, like, we don't got to bother <laughs> this guy, man. We really don't. So... He finished his lift. I finished mine, and they 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 brought me over, and um, I have it all all filmed the interaction. And he's like, "What's up, man?" He's like, "He's like, I'm a I'm a big fan." He's like, "He's like, I I just want to you know thank you for everything you do." And we got to talking, and you know he asked me for a picture first, which was pretty crazy for me. Yeah. He's like, "Can I get a picture with you, man, please?" I was like, "Yeah," but I told him the one thing that I told him, and it really I'll never forget it. I said, you know, I tell everyone I'm gonna do what you did. And and the the meaning behind that is everyone knew you for wrestling, WWE and college football, right? And then you you just branched down to acting and everything and you just, you know, blew up, just mm -hmm. crushed everything. I was like, I'm going to do that. That's and how you started wrestling. Yes, yes. And he and I was like, I'm going to branch out into all these things. And I talked about I told him about my book and how, you know, it was about confidence and implementing it to these industry in all the industries. And he said, You know what? And I said, What's man, what's up? He's like, you're exactly right. He's like, you're like me. He said, whatever industry they put you in, you will adapt and crush it. And that's what we do. And we kind of ended off like that. We, you know, dabbed him up. He's like, thank you so much, you know. And it was crazy because, you know, you know, neither of us were, I mean, that that's the rock. You know, people like, you know, freak out when they Absolutely. meet him. And it was very organic, very real because like it was an instant sense of, you know, respect. Like he respected what I did and I he was, we were mutual fans. Right. And it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. And um, I, I remember, I remember him, them taking down my Instagram info and I was like, I was like, man, like me, like me, if he posts me, that'd be huge. You know, the rocks, the, I think the second most or the third most followed person on Instagram in the world. Yeah. So, and then, you know, I was like, he, I was like, he knows, he knows what my show is. I was like, maybe he'll post me on my show. I was five minutes from stepping out the first ever time for pre-judging and he posted me. Wow. And my boy was like, yo, look at the phone. And it was I was on the Rock's page, and that picture of me and the Rock is, I think, the most like picture he's ever gotten. It's amazing. It's one a of the great most it's over picture. Th like and there's a video of it likes. too, right? Yes, I, I I posted a video of me and him hitting the most muscular, oh, yeah. a little most muscular pose. But I also have the 
in, in my phone, I have the full interaction of me and him, but somebody amazing. wrote a story, the inspirational moment when the rock meets Nick Santanastasio. Yeah. Yeah. A really, really cool uh, little story that they had written about that. How can people get a hold of you? I know they can follow you on Instagram. Yes. You want to spell your last name so they Yes, Nick Santanastaso. Last name is S A N T O N A S T A S S O. You can find me on Instagram at Nick Santo five three four, no spaces, S A N T O. And um if you type in zombie prank, you'll find me there too on <laughs> YouTube, anything. If you type in Norman Reedus prank, it'll pop up. Um but I'm the, I'm the Nick with the really long last name. And if they wanted to get a hold of you, say someone wanted to bring in to speak to the kids, their church, their business. Yes. Um, my email is um, for booking is nicksantobooking at gmail.com. And that's N-I-C-K-S-A-N-T-O booking at gmail.com. Fantastic. Nick, thank you so much thank for taking you. time. I'm grateful for the opportunity, man. I had a blast on here. Head right over to our website, fireinsidepodcast.com. Right at the top of the page there, you have a link to all our socials. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fireinsidepodcast. Also, our Twitter and Instagram links. We're pretty active on all of those. Definitely also make sure you check out our YouTube page. We do some exclusive content there, kind of behind the scenes, um, extra stuff that gets cut out of the actual podcast. But some really great stuff over there. Check that out. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Also, if you'd like to purchase any of the books from um, either Frank or any of our guests, shoot over to our website, fireinsidepodcast.com. Click on the shop link up at the top. That'll bring you to our page broken down by episode of each one of our guests. And those will take you over to our Amazon affiliate links where you can pick up a copy. Also, wherever you're listening to us, whether it's on TuneIn, Stitcher, iTunes, stop by one of those pages, give us a like. Leave a comment. Reviews are always great. We love to hear from you guys. And that's about it. So I hope everyone enjoyed today's episode and we will see you next time.